Ethel Barrymore, Girl Actress, by Shirley Petkin Newman, illustrated by Al Fiorentino. Chapter 8, The Voyage. A few months later, Ethel and Lionel were having breakfast with Mama and Papa. Bring The doorbell rang, and Kitty came hurrying into the dining room. Here's a letter for you, Mr. Barrymore, she said. She handed Papa a big envelope. Zow, look at all those stamps, said Lionel. It must be awfully important. Papa slid open the envelope and took out a sheet of paper covered with writing. It certainly is important, he said, handing the paper to Mama. Our trip to England is definite. England? You're going to England? Ethel cried. May we go too? She held her breath, waiting for Papa to reply. Yes, he said. We didn't want to tell you until we were sure. Now we know. We'll be gone for more than a year. Yippee! shrieked Lionel. You mean we'll be on tour for a whole year? No, we'll live in a house near London. Mama and I will act in a theater there. Will baby John come too? Ethel asked. Where is England? asked Lionel. How will we get there? What shall we take with us? asked Ethel. Wait, let's have one question at a time, Mama laughed. Yes, Ethel, the baby will come with us, and so will Kitty. England is way across the ocean, Lionel. We'll go there on a ship. We'll take our clothes, and you children may take a few toys. Lionel jumped to his feet and raced toward the door. I'm going to find my fishing line, he called back over his shoulder. I've always wanted to fish from a boat. During the next few weeks, everyone was very busy. Mama and Papa packed clothes, toys, and books. The children were vaccinated to prevent serious illness. Baby John was especially busy. Mum tried many new clothes on him, including three new sets of rompers. Now it was the day for the voyage to begin. The Barrymores and Kitty stood on the crowded deck of the big ocean liner, saying goodbye to Mum. A year was such a long time. Ethel couldn't help but feel sad. I wish you could come with us, Mum, she said with a sigh. I wish I could too, dear. Grandma smiled cheerfully. Kitty will be there to take care of you. I shall expect to hear from you often. You can write me lots of letters. Lionel grinned. Are there any pigeons in England? I'll catch one and... Never mind that, Papa laughed. You've caught all the pigeons you're going to. All ashore that's going ashore, someone called through a megaphone. Goodbye, my dears. Bon voyage. Mum kissed the children quickly. Then she disappeared in the crowd, moving toward the gangplank. Everyone on deck swarmed to the railing and waved to the people on the deck. Where's Mum? Ethel asked, standing on tiptoe. It's so crowded I can't see her. She's over there, said Mama. Look next to the man in the high hat. Oh, yes. Goodbye, Mum. Goodbye. 
the children waved as hard as they could. Black smoke rose from the smokestacks in the middle of the great ship. It backed away slowly from the pier. Mamam began to look smaller and smaller. The children waved to her and watched until they couldn't see her at all. Would you like to watch the tugboats move the ship out of the harbor? asked Papa. Yes, where are they? Follow me. Papa lifted the baby from Kitty's arms and led the way through the crowd toward the bow. Chug. Chug. Two small boats, one on each side of the ship, nosed the ship down the river. How can such teeny boats move such a big ship? Lionel asked. Tugboats are small, but they have powerful engines, Papa explained. They'll guide us out of the harbor, then we'll go on by ourselves. Come, let's go find our room now. Papa led the way down a narrow passageway and opened a door marked 9B. Ooh, it's so pretty in here, Ethel cried, plumping down on a sofa. I thought it would be small, like a room on the train. This looks more like a hotel. That window is different, Lionel pointed at a tiny round window facing the sea. That's a porthole, Papa laughed. Don't lean out, you might get your head caught. We won't. Ethel ran to the porthole and sniffed the salty breezes. Mmm, I like the smell of the ocean, she declared. The salt breeze makes me hungry, Lionel said. When do we eat? Just then, a man in a dark uniform appeared at the open door. Dinner is served at six o'clock, he said, smiling. Mr. Barrymore, the captain sends his compliments. He requests that you and Mrs. Barrymore dine at his table this evening. Thank you, said Papa, shifting the baby to his other arm so he could shake hands. Tell the captain we shall be delighted. Will we eat with the captain too, Mama? Ethel asked when the purser had left. No, dear, Mama answered. There's a special dining room for children. Pooh, said Lionel. May we come to the grown-up dining room afterwards, then? I want to see the people and meet the captain. We'll see, Mama turned to Kitty. Please get the children settled, she said. They should have a rest, then change for dinner. Yes, ma'am. Papa handed Kitty the baby. She led the children into the adjoining room. Ethel tossed her pocketbook on the top bunk. Then she scrambled up the ladder and stretched out on the bed. No fair, Lionel cried. I want the top one. You had it on the train, Ethel said. We'll be on this ship almost a whole week, said Kitty. You can take turns. Oh, all right, said Lionel. The sound of the engines and the rolling of the ship made Ethel sleepy. Then, all at once, her stomach turned flip-flops. Kitty, she said, I don't feel well. Neither do I, said Lionel. Kitty set the baby in the crib and placed her hand on Ethel's forehead. Then she felt Lionel's. You don't have any fever, she said. You must be seasick from the motion of the ship. You'll feel better after dinner. I don't want any, Lionel groaned. I don't either, Ethel murmured. Kitty went into the next room to tell Mama and Papa. Your mother and father are going up to dine now, she said when she returned. They'll send supper down for the baby and me. We're not seasick. She smiled at baby John, who was bouncing up and down in his crib. Ethel lay still. 
Every time the bed rocked, her stomach did another flip-flop. There was a knock on the door, and a waiter came in, balancing a tray on his shoulder. Ethel turned to face the wall. She was sure she would never want to eat again. Let's take a walk on deck, Kitty said, when she and the baby had eaten. The fresh air will make you feel better. All right. The children's knees wobbled as their feet touched the floor. Yet they found that Kitty was right. The brisk ocean breezes outside did make them feel better. Oh, it's all so beautiful. Ethel looked for a long time at the setting sun in its silvery reflection in the rippling waters. The water looks deep, said Lionel. There must be millions of fish in it. I'm going to catch one. He pulled his fishing line from his pocket and started to unwind it. What shall I use for a hook? Here. Kitty took a hairpin from the back of her head and handed it to him. Lionel carefully bent the hairpin and tied it to the end of his line. Good, he said. He tossed the line over the railing. Then he frowned. The ship is too high and my string is too short, he grumbled. My string won't reach down to the water. Never mind, said Kitty, picking up the baby. Let's walk around a bit. Lionel rolled up his line and tucked it back in his pocket. What are those? he asked. They look like big donuts. He pointed at large, canvas-covered rings hanging here and there along the railing. They're lifesavers, said Kitty. They're used to save anyone who falls overboard. Ethel shivered. The water looks cold. Let's find Mama and Papa, suggested Lionel. I want to see the captain. Kitty looked undecided. I don't know. Please take us, both children pleaded. All right, perhaps we can just peek into the dining room. The nursemaid turned into a passageway. The children followed her. They came to a big hall with a flight of stairs in the middle. Through rungs in the banister, the children peeked into the dining room beneath them. Elegant gentlemen in dark suits and ladies in beautiful gowns sat around big tables. As the ladies moved, the jewels they wore in their hair sparkled. Lionel moved partway down the stairs for a better view. Look, he exclaimed in a loud whisper. There are Mama and Papa. That must be the captain sitting next to them. He pointed to the opposite side of the dining room. Come back, Kitty whispered. We don't want people to see you. Lionel moved up the stairs backwards and pressed his forehead against the banister. Papa, said Baby John. Papa. Shh, someone will hear you, said Kitty. Papa. The baby spoke louder and wriggled in the nursemaid's arms. Come along, children, she said nervously. We'd better leave. Oh, can't we stay a few minutes, Ethel begged. I want to watch the people. Well, promise not to move from this spot. Kitty jiggled the baby to keep him quiet. We won't, both children promised. All right, then. But duck down so no one sees you. I'll put John to bed and come right back. Hoisting the baby to her shoulder, Kitty hurried up the stairway. Ethel sighed as sounds of soft music and gay laughter drifted from the dining room below. I wish I were a grown-up, she said softly. 
I'd be down there in a white gown, and I'd have jewels in my hair, too. I'd have a long, long fishing line. I'd be on deck catching a whale. Lionel reached into his pocket, pulled out a string, and tossed one end over the banister. What are you doing? Ethel whispered. I'm not doing anything, Lionel whispered back. I'm just pretending to fish. Pull that line back, you might... It was too late. Lionel's line grew taut. Eek! The scream came from below. The bent hairpin on the end of the line was caught in a jeweled butterfly atop a woman's head. Pull it up, Lionel, quick! Ethel stood up and reached over to help. Ouch! Who's pulling my hair? The woman screamed. Children let go. Ethel closed her eyes, afraid of what would happen next. Ethel, Lionel, what are you doing there? I'm not doing anything, Papa. Lionel stammered. I I was um, fishing. You were fishing? Papa strode across the dining room to the lady with a butterfly in her hair. I beg a hundred million pardons, he said to her. If you'll allow me. Reaching down, he set the butterfly free. Oh, Mr. Barrymore! The woman blushed and fluttered her fan. It's such an honor to meet you. I've often seen you on the stage. The honor is mine, madame. Papa clicked his heels, bowed from the waist, and kissed her hand. Then he looked up. Ethel, Lionel, he said sternly, come down here and apologize to this charming lady. Ethel kept her eyes on the floor as they moved slowly down the steps. All was quiet. Even the music had stopped. She knew, without looking, that everyone was watching. I'm sorry, ma'am, Lionel said. I I didn't mean to catch your butterfly. Oh, that's all right, the lady giggled. She touched the butterfly on her head. You didn't hurt me or the butterfly. The gentleman next to her smiled. Do you like to fish, little boy? he asked. Yes, sir, Lionel stammered. Did you ever catch a fish? No, sir. I've never caught a fish, but I'd like to. Lionel's face was so red that his freckles seemed ready to pop. Just now he caught a beautiful butterfly, Ethel piped up. Everyone in the dining room burst out laughing. Then they started to clap. The captain stood up and tapped his glass with a spoon. Come over here, children, he called. I want to meet you. This is the first time we've had a big game fisherman on board. A fisherman and a comedian, Papa said. What is a comedian? Ethel asked. An actress who makes people laugh. Oh, I understand. Ethel took her father's hand and moved toward the captain's table. It's fun to make people laugh, she thought. If an actress does that, I'm glad I can do it. (laughs) 